This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. It's an open goal, and the opportunity is taken by Raheem Sterling. In behind for Salah, and Salah for Mane! It comes in an instant for Liverpool. They're sliding, it's in! Lucas Moura with the hat-trick goal! Spurs are going to the Champions League final! And here's your host, James Rose. Hello and welcome to another episode in our Extra Time series, a new series of shows where we go beyond the weekly quizzes to talk more about the important aspects of the beautiful game. Today's episode is another first. Yep, it's just me. Many have criticised the fact that I don't get a huge say in the weekly happenings. Minus the occasional Spurs bias, of course. So I thought I'd offer a slightly shorter platform this week to give you my thoughts of the EPL happenings thus far. Uh, But before I get into that, I do want to go ahead and throw out another coaster competition. Don't get too excited. Uh, Thanks to everyone last time who retweeted the post. And congrats again to JD Siegley, Alex Sanchez and Finley. I won't read out the number. uh, Who were last time's lucky winners. Uh, So for this time round, uh, I'm going to give just two coasters away. Uh, so a little more lucrative, perhaps. Uh, and all I need is the answer to this question. Which current Premier League team has the stadium with the smallest capacity? I'll read it again. Which current Premier League team has the stadium with the smallest capacity? So if you think you know the answer, uh, you can DM us via Instagram at Kit Corner Flag, via Twitter at Kit Corner Flag, via our Facebook page uh, on a message. Uh, or you can send it via our website's contact page on kickflag.com. Uh, we'll be taking entries until Thursday, September the 12th. Uh, so good luck, and hopefully you are a lucky winner second time round. Well, guys, now this is officially off script. I wrote that first little lead intro, and I'm going to try and uh, edit this as little as I possibly can just to give it a raw feel. But... Um, yeah, today's Sunday. Uh, the time is around 3.30. Uh, for all your Kansas City listeners out there, um, obviously just finished watching the Chiefs game. As many of you know, I am a Chiefs fan as well as a Spurs fan and happy to see that the Chiefs managed to take away a successful win there. Although for some bizarre reason, the broadcast decided to cut out within the last 10 minutes. And so we were all frantically scrambling to get our phones out to get whatever, the radio up and running again. Um, hey, maybe listen to a podcast. But anyway, um, like I say, glad the Chiefs won it. Although I was concerned with Patrick Mahomes there. I think a lot of people took that big gasp breath when he uh, started to hobble off there, needed the assistance from the uh, from the medical staff. Uh, but thankfully, well, I say thankfully, he seems okay. I guess we'll see what the updates uh, come about there. But anyway, yes, like I said, a huge Chiefs fan. Glad they got the first win that they needed. And let's hope they kind of roll on. Um, anyway, this isn't about the NFL. <laughs> it's the Premier League podcast, as you know. Uh, so things I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, looking again at the title race. I know it's very early on in the season. Do we think Manchester City are going to go on and win it again? Are Liverpool going to become uh, another... Or should I say they're going to get close to challenging again? Uh, and then my opinion on the top four. Has it changed? Is it the same? Uh, to what I said before the season started. Um, So yeah, we'll just kind of roll with that uh, mentality. And then at the very end, I'll kind of give you guys some updates on uh, Kick Corner Flag, the show itself. Uh, I knew people are excited to hear more about what we've got in store. More Extra Time episodes coming up. Uh, So we'll roll from there. All right. This solo thing is already exhausting me. It's only been four minutes. 
Gosh, I uh, I need those guys. Speaking of those guys, Jared is uh, is currently unavailable. Unfortunately, he's uh, with family today, so he couldn't join me on this recording. And Boyce is somewhere in Europe. I lose track. He was in London, obviously. He was at the North London Derby, um, managing to notch another tie to his tally of watches there. Um, and then he went around Prague, I think. But anyway, he's still on his travels. So hopefully uh, the guys will be back next week when they're premierly the Premier League restarts. But anyway, so you stuck with me this week. Sorry. <laughs> All right, so question then, the golden question, uh, will Man City win it again? Uh, again, it's very early in the season, so it's always hard to know the ups and downs, slips of teams, but uh, Manchester City have already shown in these first three games, four games, uh, that they are insanely dominant, as again. Uh, offense, oh, wow, I'm starting to sound like an NFL person again. <laughs> offense. <laughs> um yeah, Manchester City look pretty strong. Uh, Sergio Aguero has no signs of slowing down. Kevin De Bruyne, equally so, an insanely good midfielder there. Um, the crispness of their movements, their formations. Guardiola's got them set up playing beautiful football. Uh, I only see this trending in one direction, guys, and that is just getting even more dominant. They uh, obviously added Rodri to their lineup for <laughs> a record transfer fee, which still somewhat blows my mind. Uh, the question marks come over the injuries. We've got Laporte now, I believe, who is... Uh, let me double-check that, actually. Uh, yep, it is uh, Laporte's injury that looks uh, a little bit serious there. Obviously, getting stretched off is never good to, for any, sa- uh, any fan to see. There we go. Uh, one thing I did read, which is kind of funny, does Laporte's injury give Liverpool pull the edge and the honest answer is uh no because the depth of the man city squad is just insanely apparent uh that they could bring on anyone in a in a moment's notice and just kind of resume duties as it were so yeah i think honestly manchester city are looking insanely dominant um if anything i could see some maybe one or two surprise draws uh i honestly don't see any losses with this team uh and again i know we've only gone four games in but the fact that They've shown the dominance. They were incredibly unfortunate against Spurs with the VAR calls. It always seems to be against Spurs and VAR. I love it. Maybe it'll happen again. Um, But yeah, I just don't see this team losing. Uh, I see them maybe dropping a couple of points, but then I could potentially see Liverpool doing that to a greater degree, if that makes sense. And so I think we're starting to see, for the first time with this Man City team, uh, in the Premier League, a, a little bit of a dynasty building. Because, to my knowledge, I don't think a team has gone on and won a Premier League title, you know, seven or eight times in a row. Manchester United, sure, they had a dynasty of, them, of their own doing. Uh, but it was always kind of flip-flopping between United and Chelsea and uh, whoever else. Um, so I, I think this is the beginning of it. And, you know, it's hard to see this team slowing down within the next five, six years just because of who they are, the money they've got, uh, the ownership, just the way the club is run, um, it's going to be very hard to, to topple them. Um, I would even go so far as to say I actually do think they're going to win the Champions League this year. I think they got incredibly unlucky against Tottenham again with VAR uh, in that game. Um, it's They just seem like a team that's that's been steadily building uh, progression in that tournament over the last uh, two or three years. And I think this is going to be their year. Uh, minus some bizarre fluke or, you know, outrageous VAR call that goes against them, which I admit would be hilarious. I just don't see this team dropping uh, dropping off on the Champions League respect. So the question really is, can they actually do the the quadruple, which they were set up to do last year, but uh, didn't do? And uh, I think the honest answer is yes, uh, much to everyone's dismay. Uh, well, if you're a City fan, obviously you're loving it, but uh, otherwise... 
Perhaps not. But anyway, yes. So in answer to the first question, I do think Manchester City are going to go on and win it. Uh, they're Despite maybe losing David Silva at the end of the season, I just think they're too strong. They've got such such weapons on that team. Um, I'm, I'm literally struggling to think of anything that might be a negative on them, but I really can't think of anything. I mean, every time you look at their lineups, you're like, yep, they're good. And uh, sure enough, they prove that to be the case. Raheem Sterling, again, is looking pretty solid. Um, yeah, let's just... <laughs> Hey, we always like surprises, right? If they can somehow fall off in some respect against Wolves, maybe. Um, but anyway, as I usually say, we shall see what happens. So let's turn now to Liverpool because, again, you've got to uh, not dismiss Liverpool. They've managed to win some pretty comfortable games here in this little stretch. Uh, being, I still think they're top of the table. I have to double check, but uh, but looking pretty solid. And so the question here is, why can't Liverpool? be put into the frame and <laughs> I don't have a straight answer for you honestly I think Mo Salah now is looking good he's getting some goals again uh, despite his last season drop off suggestion of a drop off um, those goals that he's been putting away in those last few games have been looking pretty solid and so I can see him kind of getting back into good form again uh, Roberto Firmino some some good crisp movements there Sadio Mane uh, they've got a great uh I keep using that word offensive. I'm trying not to use it, but it is a good word. Um, they've got some great players up front who can really make the difference, you know, and combine that with a pretty solid defense. Virgil van Dijk, of course, is actually worth the money, um, making key stops when is needed. Uh, and I really like their their young uh, fullbacks in uh, Andrew Robertson and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think they're great players. Trent Alexander-Arnold puts on some amazing crosses into the box sometimes you kind of think yeah we you know we we need to see more of that from some of these other defenders in the league but uh anyway he's a great player but um why can't they do it I just think it's literally going to come down to those one or two games I think especially when Liverpool play Manchester City whether it be at the Etihad or or Anfield in fact probably more at the Etihad I think it's going to either end up as a tie game or Manchester United are going to just sneak through um just the nature of the beast I guess it's hard to really kind of pinpoint certain elements of the team there but I do think it's going to be really interesting to see how Liverpool fare this season I just think they're going to be that little bit stronger again they've got that forward progress um oh I know actually the one thing <laughs> I was looking for this for City but I already know it for Liverpool and it came very early on with the injury to Allison. and I laugh because Allison was my goalkeeper in my fantasy team and of course now I'm stuck with uh who am I stuck with David De Gea I think no maybe someone else but anyway um so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time for Liverpool. Um, Adrian is clearly kind of like deer in the headlights, been thrown into that team a little bit. Uh, he seems to be doing okay. A couple of mistakes, which, you know, when you're put in his position, you can kind of see him making, but they kind of need to clean that up. But um, I think when you go up against a team like Manchester City, it's going to be very hard to see um, to see City slipping up there. But... Um, on the flip side of that, though, we'll counter-argue that Anfield has become a hell of a fortress. I think it was in the uh, last two episodes we learned that uh, they've now gone unbeaten in 43 games there, which is just insane when you do all the do all the numbers, who they've played. Um, it's, yeah, it's something short of remarkable. So we'll see. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting time for Liverpool. Um, they obviously won the Champions League, so they're clearly feeling pretty good about that. Um but the question is, can they can they push City? They really do need City to drop points. I think that's what it comes down to. They start to see a, a shift in City's mentality in that respect, and they do start to see that drop off. 
Liverpool might suddenly get that belief that they can go on and win it. But then they've got to obviously shut up shop themselves, so to speak, and not drop any of their own points. Um, so, yeah, if they can uh, notch a good run of form and keep that momentum going. I mean, hell, they need to, I think they only lost one game last season. So, um, yeah, I still don't think, though, despite all of that, that Liverpool will take away any Premier League title this season. Right, on to my top four opinions. This is the biggest uh, debate of them all, perhaps. Um, so going into the season, uh, I did have it as Manchester City 1, Liverpool 2, Spurs 3, and I think I had Man United as 4. But uh, that might have changed a little bit. And now again, like I keep saying, we're only four games into the season. But uh, the first thing I will say is, much to my dismay and my fellow Spurs fans, is that I actually think Arsenal will end up third this year. And everyone's like, oh, you're always a pessimist. You know, you're a Spurs fan. I'm like, yeah, I'm a Spurs fan. <laughs> That's the reality right there. Um, does my opinion change by the fact uh, or by the performance from the North London derby? Potentially. Um, here's what I think. And Mike from Mostly Soccer kind of summed this up a little bit here too. Uh, Arsenal's defensive prospects do look significantly better this season. Uh, now, obviously, they're still a little bit rough and ready. They got David Luiz in. Um, they still obviously have a couple of holes in there, but uh, with the prospects of Rob Holding, Hector Bellerin, and of course, uh, Tierney coming into the squad, I think they're going to start looking pretty sharp. And couple that with their powerhouse front three in Mr. Aubameyang, Lacazette, and of course, Nicola Pepe, who, you know, didn't have quite a good game in the North London derby, but I see flashes of brilliance from him against the lesser teams. Um, couple that, those two back ends, I, I think you're going to see a pretty strong Arsenal team. I can kind of see them kind of getting through this ugly wave at the beginning of the season and then finding a really good you know, line of form, winning maybe eight or nine on the row in a row. Yes, I know their away form's been in question, but um, the bigger question mark, of course, with Arsenal comes with Unai Emery's tactics, who he chooses, and their midfield. Um, and so I think if they can start stitching those pieces together a little bit, then we might see an even stronger team. But I just, part of me just sees this forecast as uh, Arsenal finding this form, much to my Spurs dismay. <laughs> And uh, them taking third spot. I think it might be close. I don't think they'll run away with it. But I think it really will come down to, you know, the battle for third and fourth. And I think Spurs will edge it. And it'll... Uh, sorry, Arsenal will edge it. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Uh, I think Arsenal will edge it. And it'll get... Um, I think we'll see them playing Champions League football again next season. Um, again, if you're a Spurs fan, you can just ignore those last three minutes. Uh, if that's the stuff you wanted to hear. But that is... Uh, how I see it. Now, let's go on to Spurs, because I do think, despite everything that we've seen about Spurs, that they will finish in fourth spot. Yes, we've gone through, I say we, true fan there, uh, we have gone through a bit of a rough start with Spurs, the speculation with Pochettino, the the club being a little bit uh, jaded in the uh, locker room there. Uh, locker room? Wow. True Americanism's coming through here. Um, I, uh, it's been a little rough patch for Spurs. Losing to Newcastle was a real alarm bell moment for them. Um, is Pochettino leaving? I don't think so. Um, I think he's going to uh, stick with them. Obviously, he's got the backing from Levy. Uh, I, I do see a couple of moments where they do kind of lock heads, Levy and Pochettino. Um, clearly, Pochettino wanted these transfers done well before the the season started, but it was kind of like last-minute ditch getting Lo Celso um, through the, off, over the line and then Cessignon too. Um, 
So, yeah, there's still kind of moments of up in the airness in there. But uh, the biggest question mark for Spurs, I think, is their right back position. Now, a lot of people have been saying, well, that's probably where Pochettino sees Juan Foyth playing. Uh, but Juan Foyth is injured. And so he's been resorting to using Sissoko back there, which I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, and then playing Sanchez uh, alongside uh, Toby Alverald, which, again, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, he just doesn't seem to be the right fit there. Uh, again, players have up and down moments, but for me, Sanchez is not it. Um, as soon as we saw Jamba Tongan, who has been ignored um, a lot of this for a lot of the first few games of the season, um, now he's come back into the line. I think we're going to see a little bit more strength from him, and I do much prefer that dynamism between Vertonghen and Elderworld. So hopefully Pochettino kind of has cleared the air, whatever was going on with him and Vertonghen in that moment, because uh, that is a better defensive uh, partnership there. So then the question remains, why do I see them not taking a third spot over Arsenal? I think the answer comes down to uh, the final third. Uh, midfield is great. I think Tanga and Dombele, when he's fit, is going to be great. Lakelso is a great prospect. They've got some real nice crisp passing moves in that midfield. The problem has been the final third. Uh, Sun has had some great shots and goals, especially from the North London derby. Equally so with Harry Kane. But to me, there's still a question mark with uh, Harry Kane. He's not, f ever since his first ankle injury, he's not been himself. He's been in and out uh, with these injuries. Uh, we've seen him play more of a midfield position, honestly, uh, versus actually being in that striker role. And part of me thinks we, we could have could have some question marks here. Um, I think, you know, Pochettino's doing everything he can to get the right formation and the right you know tactics out of his players but when it comes down to that final third sometimes especially against that Newcastle game you just see them hitting hopeless balls that either go you know sky high or I think the problem is they end up being too cute I think Deli Alley tries these cute little one-two passes uh, right through the heart of the you know the defensive wall and more so than not it just it just doesn't work out we just don't see these moves coming off and I I, I don't know what the solution is. Obviously, I'm not a coach in that respect. But I'd just love to see a little more accuracy from Spurs in that final third. Um, a player like Dybala might be it. But uh, anyway, is that the, the main reason? Most likely that they don't get into that uh, that third spot over Arsenal. Uh, but again, I'm a naysayer. I'm a <laughs> pessimistic Spurs fan. Uh, so, hey, I guess we'll guess we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break, but uh, when I come back, I will talk more about the other teams fighting for top four, including Manchester United and Chelsea. So I'll be I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. Good deal. Had to take a quick break there. Running out of oxygen. Anyway, moving on to the other teams fighting for the top four, Manchester United and Chelsea. Of those two teams, I honestly can't decide <laughs> which one's going to be higher than the other one. Uh, they both have their strengths and weaknesses. Let's go and start with United. Um, clearly, we're starting to see uh, some wheels fall off this proverbial car that Ole is driving. And I'm not sure he sticks around for that much longer, guys. Um, a lot of Man United fans I've been speaking to, including Todd from the Free Kick, will say that, yes, they've got the faith in Ole. He needs more time. He needs to build the squad that he wants. Um, but I just don't see the patience anymore from these uh, executives. They want to see results. They want to see a good string of results. Now, he did have the twilight or the honeymoon phase, I should say, 
uh, when Jose was sacked. He went through a good run of form, hence what got him the actual job. But uh, it's usually around this time when we start to see the true potential of these coaches. How can they discipline their players? How can they find the right formulas? And honestly, with the results that United have had, uh, despite, of course, the 4-0 demolition of Chelsea, which I think took everyone by surprise, uh, Manchester United have just not put together the results that we were, or that he is expecting, maybe that we as the the neutral fans are expecting, but uh, uh, the surprise loss to Crystal Palace. Now, we'll admit that was maybe a little bit of a fluke there, but um, you got to play games to the final whistle, and uh, they just <laughs> they found a way to lose that. Uh, and then, of course, Southampton, just looking at the results here right now, uh, they couldn't, couldn't see that one through. Um, I know it was away from home there, but these are the kind of games, if you're a Man United fan, uh, that you really need to see... Um, you know, see away two or three nil. Uh, if you're a United fan, that's that's just the honest truth. Um, Paul Pogba, do I see a future for him there? Uh, ultimately, no. But how long has he got there is always in question. He seems to have this kind of roller coaster mood up and down with him. Uh, I like. I, I've seen some pretty good stuff. I think we all have uh, seen some pretty good moves from him, especially assists. There's one goal I think uh, in the Chelsea game that he just lobbed it from the halfway line. Uh, reached his reached his man. I think it was Marcus Rashford that he was passing it to, and then he puts uh, Rashford or whoever it was puts it away. And so, I, part of me thinks maybe they should focus more on building the team around Pogba than actually uh, not <laughs> doing that. <laughs> um, I like the prospect of. Uh, I think it's Daniel James, the young kid who's come in. Um, I like I like that they're bringing in these young guns. Uh, Scott McTominay as well seems like a pretty good prospect. They're almost kind of stuck between this wave of uh, solidified talent and then these young guns coming forward. Kind of true of Chelsea as well, actually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've, if I was to choose between Man United and Chelsea, I'd probably edge Man United in there just by a little bit. Um, I think Chelsea... Um, Chelsea have got a little bit more work to do. Frank Lampard is... I feel with Chelsea, um, they've kind of found themselves in a situation where Frank Lampard's come in, but is he the true man to take them forward into the next three or four years? I think the answer is no. Um, which is a real shame because you never want a guy like Frank Lampard to tarnish his reputation at Chelsea. But to me, he just doesn't seem to be the right man for the job here. And that's not just down to his talent as a manager. I mean, we saw some some great stuff for him at Derby County, but the nature of how Chelsea Football Club is run, and as we've seen, year in, year out, they need results, and they need them quick, and they need them consistent, and they want trophies, like every club does, but uh, if they're not getting them quick enough, they're going to go out the door. And already we've seen some huge question marks uh, with the result against Sheffield United recently, the result against Norwich. Um, And honestly, I like... um, Mason Mount is one of the new guys. Uh, I think Frank Lampard brought him from uh, Derby County. Um, I like some of this young talent, but the problem is, the biggest problem is, they got rid of their best player in Eden Hazard. I mean, he was an absolute maestro for that club, scored goals with ease, walking through uh, (laughs) defences. God, I'll never forget that against, I think it was West Ham. He just passed four players with ease. But anyway, um, now that he's left, it's left a huge hole in that role. And supposedly... Uh, William has taken that spot, and it's it's not it for me. <laughs> He's not the one. Um, so I honestly think the bigger question marks comes from Chelsea. Um, defensively, I mean, you've still got Ascolopueta back there. Um, I mean, sure, he's great, but 
to losing David Luiz has clearly got to piss off a lot of Chelsea fans. Um, although obviously David Luiz isn't the, the the maestro of the defending world, but you know you lose some of that stability when those players drop off. Um, so yeah, honestly, if it was me, I'd see Man, Man United edging it, um, Chelsea taking that uh, that sixth spot or lower, maybe. Who knows? I don't want to be the huge naysayer there to any Chelsea listeners, but. Uh, I guess we'll see with that. All right, so that hopefully kind of helps. I didn't realize it's been already recording for 25 minutes. Wow, who's who's going to listen to all of this? Maybe someone will. If you reach to the end, I'll just give you a coaster uh, just for just to reach into the end. No, anyway, I shouldn't be such a negative guy. Um, someone asked me I should address who I think is going to win the Golden Boot. I think it's going to be Mo Salah. I think he's going to find his form again. I think we're going to see some magic moments from him. Uh, I see him winning it outright. Um I want to say Harry Kane might be in a close second, but again, based on what I said earlier, I think we're still seeing a little bit of a rough patch with Harry Kane. Hopefully I'm proved wrong, hence being a Spurs fan. Uh, but uh, I guess we shall see. So again, like I said, I'm going to see Man City winning it, Liverpool second, Arsenal taking third, Spurs fourth, Man United fifth, and then Chelsea sixth or lower. Hey, maybe Wolverhampton might be in there this time. But anyway. Uh, right. I just want to finish off then, round things up. Again, I didn't want to take up too much time uh, on this episode. Uh, exciting updates for Who Kicked Corner Flag listeners. Show progress. Uh, the show is obviously going very well. We're entering our third season now. And I have to give a huge thanks once again to Gerald and Boyce for being our weekly pundits. They've been great. Uh, the banter between them. The uh, energy is, is always fun. And it's a, it's a joy for me to put the uh, the show together each week, finding the questions, testing the listeners. Uh, I've got to give a huge thanks to our guests too, um, everyone that we've had on up to this point, just from the very beginning, up to now. Uh, really ha- loved having the uh, guys from the Total Soccer Show on a couple of weeks ago. They're an absolute blast, and uh, if you haven't checked their stuff out yet, please do because they're they have some great stuff. Can't believe they record every day of the week and then how they do it. Um, but anyway, yeah, any podcast or bloggers out there uh, of the Premier League world who haven't been on the show yet and would like to take part, it's always a good fun. Uh, feel free to drop us a line or send us a message, whatever the cool kids do these days, um, and we'll try and get you uh, try and get you on the show. We, we love any input, you know, um, anyone who wants to say, say their piece about whatever team. Um, we'd always love to have you. Um, as the other listeners will say too, or other pundits that we've had on other guests would say it's it's always a good time here always having fun so the show will continue on as usual we'll keep doing uh, more weekly episodes with quizzical knowledge we'll keep the structure the same uh we're going to throw in more extra time episodes like this uh exciting developments on that i'm going to start interviewing uh or trying to interview the local supporter groups from different parts of kansas city so i'm starting off with, of course, the Kansas City Spurs. This coming Tuesday, a couple of us are going to sit down and talk all things Spurs. We're going to talk about uh, not just the the club and our thoughts present day, previously, all that fun stuff, but more about the supporter group. You know, how did the group start? You know, how do you expect to find such a, a loyal following of Tottenham Hotspur in Kansas City? Always uh, a big question for me when I first moved here. But uh, yeah, we're going to sit down with those guys. We're going to have a chat with them. They're going to reveal... Uh, how they got, how they became fans of uh, Tottenham Hotspur, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Might even end with the quiz too. Um, so that's you know extra time uh, series there. Obviously the regular show, um, and then what else are we doing? Oh yeah, how could I forget the podcasters cup? <laughs> um, 
it was a lot of fun last time around. We had eight people uh, jump in on that. Uh, we had Drew Pels. We had Todd, Drew Pels won it. Uh, Todd Lewis. Uh, we had uh, Tim Crean from the uh, Citizens Abroad, who's an awesome city pundit. Always go and check out his stuff. Uh, who else? We had obviously Boyce and Jared were their own contestants. Um, playing against uh, solo efforts there. Uh, Will Rivard we had. We had Kevin Patet. And we had uh, Dave, of course. Dave from Bro Strong Soccer. Ooh, should have written those names down. Or <laughs> written those names down. Uh, ooh, lucky memory there. But anyway, yeah. So uh, if you missed it last time, do go ahead and check it out. It's uh, still posted on our on our iTunes page. It was like an FA Cup-style tournament. So we had eight of them. Uh, they were randomly paired up against someone else. And they did a head-to-head quiz battle. So then eight became four, four became two. And then obviously our final there was uh, Drew Pels and Todd Lewis. And Drew was the victor. Um, So, of course, uh, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again at some point early next year. So, honestly, around when the... uh, the FA Cup third round starts around January time. The plan for this is Drew is going to uh, get an auto entry there because he won it. So he's going to get back into it. Congratulations, Drew, if you're listening. Um, but honestly, from the other side of things, I think we're going to do a larger number this time. We're going to have 16 if we can, get 16 individual contestants. Uh, and around November time, I think I'll start seeking out uh, contestants for that. So if you are interested and you definitely do want to be in it, go ahead and shoot us a message now so we get an early idea of who's interested, who wants to be in it. Um, and that way we can kind of formulate a plan, um, structure it and all that jazz. I might be reaching out to you myself anyway. But um, yeah, so it's going to be a 16 uh, person contest this time around. So obviously a lot bigger. So there'll be an extra round in there um, just to make it a little more challenging. And it'll run concurrently with the uh, other episodes that we do as well. So a lot more work for me, but I love it. It's always good fun. And a great way to test the Premier League knowledge of our uh, of our pundits, of our listeners, and all that stuff. So always a good time there. Um, but that I think is all I have. I think we're at the thirty minute mark, so that's probably enough time uh, enough time for me to talk your ears off. But anyway, this has been a blast. <laughs> if you guys have enjoyed it, I'm curious to see how many people actually listen to this. But again, uh, it's always a good time to record. Uh, so that is it for me. Uh, if you are a new listener to this show, uh, trust me, the regular show is very different. <laughs> Please listen to those episodes. Don't just rely on this one as being like the be-all and end-all. Uh, but thanks for tuning in anyways. Um, like I said, our next Extra Time show will be an exclusive interview with some of the members of the Kansas City Spurs. So if you're a Spurs fan or just want to know more about uh, the supporter groups uh, in Kansas City, uh, don't miss that one. We're going to record it on Tuesday and it'll probably drop at some point uh, in the next week or so. Um, so yeah, one other notice, um, I will be traveling to England in the next week or so. And so again, we're going to filter in some extra time episodes to kind of pad it out a little bit. Obviously it'd be hard to do the actual weekly show and I'm away, um, taking a little vacation. Haven't been on one for a while, so probably yeah, <laughs> time to take one. But while I am away, I'm going to get a chance to go to the new Spurs stadium. Whoop, whoop. So, uh, excited to go to that. I'm going to watch them play Southampton on the 28th. Uh, so I'll be posting uh, probably a few pictures from that. So keep uh, keep your eyes on the old Instagram and Twitter for that. But yes, our regular show will return next week as usual. And then the schedule or the release of shows may change a little bit because of that. 
But uh, when I come back, then obviously business will be as usual. Uh, so yeah, as usual, uh, like I said, don't forget to subscribe to our weekly shows. You can obviously go ahead and check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, go ahead and send us a message. We love to read stuff, questions, whatever you guys thinking. Um, I hope you've been. In, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. <laughs> been educated. Uh, it does feel very different, like I said, not having Jared and Boyce on with me. But uh, like I said, business as usual next week. We'll go back to our quizzes and. Uh, have a good time as always but anyway hope you enjoyed this show there'll be more of the same and uh until next time